Welcome to the podcast of the Oxford Business Community Network, produced by Story94 in their podcast studio in Oxford. An amazing place. Definitely recommend coming to have a look. Uh, my name is Ben Thompson, uh, co-owner of the Oxford Business Community Network. Um, our podcast aims to share the expertise, knowledge and experience of our members covering those key issues impacting on your business. Uh, for this episode, really delighted to be joined by three people that I respect highly. Um, so we've got Mary Thomas of Concise Training and Concise Digital. We've got Nick Mason of Wagner Mason Accountants, and we've got Howard Feather, Howard Feather Business Advisor. Um, and today we're going to be talking about all things related to owning a small business in Oxfordshire. So let's just start by introducing our guest today. Um, so Mary, um, tell the listeners a little bit more about you. Hi, so I'm Mary Thomas. My businesses are Concise Training and Concise Digital. We've been going since 2008, and we are all about digital marketing. So on the training side of the business, we will help you do your own digital marketing. So we have e-learning courses, um, we do webinars, I do consultancy, um, and we do city and girls qualifications. And when I say digital marketing, I mean all of the different social media channels, blogging, websites, search engine optimization. You can learn it all and do it for yourself. Or if you don't want to do it for yourself, we offer an outsourced approach. So we are website designers, uh, we do SEO, we manage social media campaigns across Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and we also do paid social media campaigns, as well as blog posting and newsletters. Amazing. No, thank you for the intro. Um, and Nick, tell the listeners a little bit more about you. Sure, Ben. Yeah, my name is Nick Mason. I'm a chartered accountant. I run Wagner Mason Accountants. We work with our clients to make sure their compliance is out of the way early. By that, I mean getting their accounts and corporation tax and personal tax filed with HMRC and Companies House in a timely manner rather than wait to the last minute um, and making sure they minimise their tax in a legitimate way. And most importantly, we work with them to make sure they've got the financial information they need to run their business on a day-to-day -day basis. Amazing. Perfect. And last but not least, Howard. Hello, Ben. Thanks for having us. Um, so it's Howard Feather of Howard Feather Business Advisors. Um, I think I'm going to use this 30 seconds that went quite well down at OBCN the other day. And um, I'm a practicing musician. I focus on three octaves of business. The middle one is coaching and mentoring where I challenge business owners and I really challenge their thought process. The octave below is that of more of a consultant where I tell them what they don't know. And then the octave above is therapist. I listen to those problems and let them air those problems out. Absolutely. Um, and certainly one of the best presentations that I've seen in networking. So no, hats off to you on that one. Um, so let's um, let's just start um, the round table, if that's OK. So, um, Mary, focusing, um, I guess, before we come to marketing with your small business hat, hat on and, and maybe blend marketing in um, if, if you wish. Um, what makes a successful small business? What, what do you see? Somebody who is uh, understands their market, has to be from a marketing point of view, understands their money an accounting point of view. Um, but it's flexible. I think particularly over the last few years, it's been really important to have that flexibility and be prepared to um, change, divert and go with the flow. Really good insight. Um, I'm going to bring a similar question um, along to, to, to you, Nick. Um, I know Mary touched on, touched on money there, but um, there's lots of stats out there, isn't there, about the the percentage of businesses that fail within the first five years or um, or, or whatever else. What what do you see as, I guess, across your clients or across Oxfordshire in terms of the trends that makes a successful small business? Um, probably understanding the numbers and being on top of the numbers. I mean, in the old days, you might get businesses that didn't have a clue whether they made a profit until nine months after the year end when the accountants presented them with a set of accounts. 
Whereas these days with the cloud booking software, you can know to the second where you're at in terms of like your P&L and in terms of your balance sheet. So by that, I mean in terms of who owes you money, who do you owe money to? So what's your um, sort of cash balance at? Because a lot of businesses get into trouble when they run out of cash and that could be because they've not chased any customers to pay them after they've done the work or they're paying their suppliers too early or, or whatever it is really. So yeah. Yeah, being on top of the numbers. No, good good insight. Um, Howard, a, a bit more of a fluffy question for you, if that's okay. Um, but but I think, um, you know, we're, we're all small business owners and I think sometimes running a business can can be a lonely place. And I think that certainly when it's your own business, um, the, the the bad days at work are certainly worse than the, the normal bad days and the good days and, and the highs are, highs are a lot higher. What what do you see in, with your clients in terms of, um, I guess, keep keep going? What, you know, what techniques do you give in terms of, I guess, keep focus on the goal and, and, uh, and I guess bounce back from from that lonely place, I guess. Yeah, of course. If it's all right, I'm going to actually address the question a bit, taking a step back. And I think what you've hit on is as small business owners, it's really raw. We're really emotionally attached to our business. It's all us. All three of us have got our names in our business. When you're working for somebody else, it's somebody else's brand. It's somebody else's values. It's somebody else's problem. But actually, as a small business owner, it always falls on you. And, and you mentioned the good days and the bad days. The the bad days can normally outnumber the good days. However, we focus on that negative. Even if you've got nine good days in a row, that one bad day just becomes massive and massive. And that's where the loneliness comes from because you've got nowhere to turn to. And I think that's one of the things a lot of my clients find is they struggle to, where do I go for when that happens? Who do I talk to? What do I turn to? Um, At work, we've got a or when we work for a big corporate, we've got structures in, we've got managers, we've got HR, we've got team colleagues, but actually as the business owner, there is no one to go to. Um, and I think one of the things I found easiest, and I know everyone in this room, is find a peer group of people that are in the same boat. Networking is a really easy, low-hanging fruit with that one. It's because everyone that goes networking is in the same boat at some point. They've gone through that journey. They've gone through that wait a minute, have I just made a silly mistake and just gone and bought a printer for loads loads more money than I should have? Or have I actually just made a sound investment? I need somebody just to bounce that off across. No, absolutely. No, no, you make some really good points there. Um, Mary, I'm going to come across to you because I think that um, one one of the things that you we often hear said is that everybody starts their business because they're an expert at something. So you're an expert in marketing um, or, or, or whatever else, but actually running running our business, we're not necessarily an expert in all the parts. So if you don't run a marketing business, you're probably not an expert in marketing. If you don't run an accountancy firm, you're probably not an expert in finance. Um, so, so I guess what would be your advice to um, small businesses under that umbrella of marketing? And, and, and what are, what are, what are the the things to do and the things not to do? I guess. Oh, that's a that's a. How long have you got? <laughs> um, I'm going to start with something that that sounds really really basic, but it, it's um, it's something we we had today. Actually, we've got um, a new client or a new prospect um, has has a great business idea, um, has come up with a, a great name. It actually describes his business really well, um, and so he wanted to use that as a domain name. You know, so he went off and he he looked for domain names and the .com's gone, but the .co.uk is available. So he said, yeah, I'll go that. That's what my business name is going to be. Let's get the logo sorted out. Let's get everything else. And we sort of then said, okay, so he wants to do social media. Uh, uh, the name's gone on Facebook. The name's gone on Instagram. 
So what's the point of having that brand name with the domain name if it doesn't match up? And it sounds really, really obvious, but it's a mistake that so many people make and they want to create this brand name, which is great, and people, they want people to recognize it. But then if they've got to use a different name on Facebook and a different name again, perhaps, on Instagram, um, it's a really yeah. easy thing to do right. Definitely. But could have a lot of consequences when you do it wrong. Mm, mm. Um, so I'd say that's that's one thing definitely, from, definitely. from a very, very basic point of view that we come across a lot. Mm. Um, but then it's, you know, the traditional marketing, it's, it's understanding your product, it's understanding who your target market is, um, it's understanding where your target market hang out, where you're going to find them on all these digital channels. Are they actually on digital channels? Are they on the right digital channels? Um, and then how are you going to start talking to them? And unfortunately, these days, you've got to um, put money behind it. You've got to advertise, on, certainly on social media. And I'd also say always have a website. Don't um, don't rely on social media. There's a lot of businesses that have set up, particularly during lockdown, a lot of businesses set up on Facebook, particularly. And then they upset Facebook and Facebook decided to shut them down. And they've got no business. No, it, really interesting. And and just just build build on that. Do, do you do you believe that that that's due to budgets or, or 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 because it's I guess an easier point of entry setting up a Facebook page than it is to to to, to go to an expert and uh, and get a website built. It's definitely a, an easier point of entry, isn't it? Everybody thinks they know Facebook, so it's easy to 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 get up a Facebook, talk to my friends. Absolutely, my friends buy for me, they support me. But as the business then grows, all your contacts are on Facebook. Um, and I don't know, we all know that Facebook gets upset very quickly and there's nobody you can talk to about it. Um, so if that does happen, then you've lost your contacts. No, absolutely. So you've got to drive them to your website. No, that's really good points. Really, really good points. Um, Nick, I'm going to come across to you because um, I think um, the reason you are my accountant, um, uh, other than being a nice guy, not that I tell you that, um, is, is because you're very practical, aren't you? Um, and like Mary and, and, and Howard, you're very practical with the advice. And I think that a lot of accountants aren't saying, put your mobile phone through the business or do the £50 vouchers and, and, and those kind of things. Um, I guess in terms of... Um, continuing with that practicality what what are the, i guess the biggest things that you see when you take on a new client that, that they're i guess not doing under kind of the finance umbrella and i guess a secondary connect question to that and it might be the answer might just be no are you should small businesses have a budget should, should they be budgeting and should they be i guess despite being small should they be looking at okay i have a marketing budget i have a um coaching and consultancy budget i have a x budget I mean, taking the second point, I mean, I think when a small business is starting out, the resources are often scarce, so mm. they need to spend their money wisely. So I suppose they need to identify what's going to give them the best value for that money they've got to spend. Because mm. they might they might not have sort of uh, thousands to spend on, on marketing or, or accountancy or mm. whatever, really. So I suppose, yeah, having some sort of budget and where it's going to spend and what they expect back from it is is a, is a good idea, really. But in terms of a new business when they're starting out, I mean, a lot of people start their own business because they're very good at something. Of course. And delivering that to their clients, but they're not necessarily, like you picked up and start with the, the point to Mary, they're not necessarily know anything about HR, hiring people, mm. finance and all these other aspects of running a business. So suddenly they're going from mm. something they're experts at to doing all these other things that they don't really know that much about. So I suppose 
is is finding where they need the help the most mm. and uh, and using their resource there really. But if they've got a complex business, then doing all their like finance and bookkeeping themselves might not be a great idea because it could all go horribly wrong and they end up spending more to have it corrected afterwards. Mm. And likewise, if they don't spend any money on marketing and they've got no other source to generate any clients, where's the work going to come from? And so on, really. No, absolutely. No, really, really good point. And I think one of the things I've learned about about small business is is often it, it's very easy to try and save money but actually the, the biggest cost of most things whether that be marketing or recruitment or or whatever else is putting it right when it go when, when, when it goes wrong so no some really really interesting points um howard you're you're known across oxfordshire as mr networker you you, you cer- certainly do a lot of it and you're very good at, at, at connecting different um different people and different businesses and I think my perspective with networking is a lot of people say, oh, you can only network if you're an accountant, you'll do really well. Or if you're an insurance broker, you'll be you'll do really well in um, in various groups. What's What's been your kind of view on networking and how have you become so well known in networking? And what are, yeah, what, what are kind of your top tips under the networking umbrella? Well, first of all, thank you for the compliment. I'll take it. Um, I think it's very much actually like the points both Nick and Mary have said is having an outcome before you start and actually thinking about why you're bothering doing it, why you're doing it. Um, if you're going to spend some money, why are you spending it? What do you want? What, what do you want out of that? Uh, and networking is a fantastic marketing stream. It is my preferred one, um, but it's not a quick win, like probably most forms of marketing. And actually, if we're doing our accounts right, we're doing anything with our business properly. It's not a quick win. It's the long win that we're in for. The secret to networking is carry on trying to learn how to do it because I would absolutely guarantee I still don't know what I'm doing. But um, I was told at a very young age, you've got two ears and one mouth, use them in that proportion. If you listen more than you talk at networking and everyone around this room will find that ironic. Um, But if you listen more than you talk, you will actually understand and listen to what people are doing. So whether they're trying to sell their product, whether they're asking for advice, whether they're asking for help, whether and then you can then match people up and link people with like-minded people because you've been listening. So um, if Nick needed somebody who's in HR, well, I know straight away that we've got to look for someone who likes golf because if they don't like golf, they're not going to like Nick. <laughs> um, and that you can already you can straight away work out what relationships are going to work just because you've listened to both both sides of that party. And actually, is it I need some. Um, a holding hand and saying, yes, I need a bit of help and that's what I need. Or am I just voicing an opinion and I just need to be validated that I'm right? And that's the secret, I think. Absolutely. No, some really, really good advice there. Um, Mary, um, moving, I guess, the networking to to, to online, um, w- one of the things that um, I think we all see quite regularly, but but you would see more more than we do, is under that kind of market umbrella when you, when you get businesses who market 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 they they um try and do it themselves or they don't do it themselves or they or they find find somebody through whatever platform and spend a lot of money on something and then they get really busy and then they turn it off or it doesn't work and then they start again and so i guess um under under the marketing umbrella what what would be and i appreciate there isn't going to be a one size fits all but but what's what's your i guess broad advice to businesses under marketing in terms of should it be consistent should it be turned off when when you don't need it should you just keep it there like how how should marketing spend work and how should i guess a marketing strategy work in terms of during those busy times and indeed less busy times 
it will depend on business to business inevitably. But I think there is um, an underlying, um, I guess, is, is an underlying hum that you need to have. Mm. So you always need to be producing regular, useful content. And mm. uh, the way you said marketing, 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 a lot of people sell, sell, sell. And, and people Definitely. aren't on social channels, mm. any social channels to be sold to. So it's it's a matter of adding useful information in a very similar way to when you go networking, you offer useful information, added value. You mm. do exactly the same thing online. Um, so you have that general hum where everything is branded, preferably, um, but everything is useful. It's added value content. So people get a a brand awareness about you, a message about you. Um, and then perhaps when you're, you're less busy, you might do um, some more shouty work where you are doing more t campaigns, where perhaps you're, you're putting perhaps more uh, videos out there or more reels out there, or you're, you're perhaps you put money behind it. And then there's almost another level on top of that where you're sort of really yelling, where you have uh, got a much more specified campaign. Perhaps you're doing a competition or something like that where you're really driving traffic to get, to get an audience. Um, but I think there's the three levels that you could do that you could potentially turn on or off. Um, but everything, my philosophy is, Everything or virtually everything to you, 75, 80% of what you do has to be added value. People have to have a reason to follow you. If you're just talking about your latest product all the time, I have this so what? Who cares, actually? Um, so it's how you offer value, how you how you generate brand awareness. No, really, really, really good advice there. No, thank you. Um, Nick, um, coming back to you um, under, uh, I guess, kind of this this small, small business umbrella, really. Um what should businesses do when it's not going so well? So, so, so I think I think we've talked kind of quite positively so far um, in in this episode of the podcast about um, you know the good practices. So whether that be around networking or whether that be around finance or whether that be ar around marketing. But 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 when we're looking at a business that might be starting to run short of cash or might be starting to go a bit quiet on clients or some something's not quite going right, what 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 would be your advice? And I guess how do you how do you counter that well I, I suppose you've got to try and identify what's causing the issue isn't it because if it's lack of cash then why is it lack of cash is it because you're losing money or is it because you're not getting the money in for client from clients because if you're not getting the money in from clients then that's something that could potentially be much easier resolved really by just sort of have, having some basic credit control procedures and how you go about collecting money but I suppose if you're losing money then I suppose it's have you got unnecessary costs in the business you can cut out? Are you pricing your work properly? I mean, I, I suppose some businesses don't really understand what margins they're making on their product. They might sort of say, well, I, I buy it for X, sell it for Y, but they don't build in the full cost of what it actually costs to sell their product, all the overheads and et cetera involved in it. So I suppose it's understanding what, is the issue and then seeing if something can be done about it but obviously like um if it's i suppose if you are losing money and you're not in a position to raise your prices or go and find some more customers that with a better margin then you've got to seriously consider whether that's the right business model to carry on with really whereas someone like um a business coach like howard would obviously step in and give you some support with that no, definitely, definitely. It's it, it's it's really really interesting. I think we've all seen businesses um, 
through through networking and, and through our own networks that you know they're run by such lovely people um and and, and potentially it's a good product but not necessarily um a good business so it's a really good honest advice there um howard nick set you up quite nicely there didn't he um in terms um in terms of that so i do have a question for you but maybe build on Nick's point first yeah i think i think one of the problems that small businesses own let's again we've mentioned we put our names all over it and we pour our passion into it so um, let alone our own money. So we've poured up time, our blood, our sweat. I mean, you'll hear small business owners singing their praises about how much blood, sweat and tears they've pour, poured into their business. But when you've put that much of an emotional investment into a business, no wonder we don't want to give up. Um, and there are analogies that we can find all of the, the diamond miner that I think it was an inch. If he carried on going one further inch, he would have hit the biggest diamond mine uh, in a hundred years over in America. But we, we all have to draw a personal line where we feel, actually, I can't go any further. Um, and we've got to make sure that we've got that network of people, those those close friends or advisors that we can turn to and go, am I going in the right direction? Am I trying to reinvent the wheel here and I'm missing the point completely? Or am I on the right thing, but I just need to tweak, make one more tweak? Um, and I think there's a, there's a million dollar question of, which way to go but actually as long as you it feels right for you and you're doing it for the right reasons it's always going to be the right way um i am a huge believer there is no correct way of doing business um but there are certainly a lot of wrong ways of doing it so we've got to make sure that we're not going down the wrong those blind alleys and making sure that we've got the people giving us the right advice um at the right time no, good, good advice there. Good advice. Just, just building on that um, point, Howard. I, I, I've used the word lonely a few times in this podcast. Hopefully, people are still enjoying the podcast rather than making it sound lonely. Um, but, but, but I. If you work within a corporate, you have that support network ahead of you, don't you? But when you're the head of a business, um, you have a support network in a different way, and. I, I think it's really easy for us to presume everybody knows what we do. So can you just kind of talk to the listeners a little bit more about um, the the support that you could offer to clients or I guess more broadly the the support a coach or consultant or mentor would, would, would offer in that way? I just thought it'd be quite useful for the listeners. Yeah, of course. And I think diving back, each advisor, mentor, coach will, be, will do it in a different way, but it's primarily it's going to be that sounding board. Mm. So it's going to be somebody that you can share almost those deep, dark thoughts of, am I, is this going horribly wrong? Am I doing right? And you, you get to bounce those ideas off because again, as a small business owner, you've got a hundred ideas, a hundred things plates spinning at all the time. So sometimes you do just need to stop address and take a dress. When we're in the corporate world, it's called an annual review. It's called a quarterly review. We do that with our bosses weekly. And if you're underperforming, it's even more often. Um, but as a, so that's a, one of the reasons a lot of us left, um, but the, when you're on your own, we don't get chance to stop. We've always got something else we could be doing. We've got that invoice we could be chasing. Well, if I just do this, that's another sale. If I go to one more networking meeting, I might get the next big one. And we're always chasing. We very rarely stop until our accountant says, right, I need everything from the last years. And then, oh, wait a minute, let me have a look how I did last year. But it's just taking that stop, addressing what's happening right now, um, almost as well, stopping to celebrate the successes. I think that's probably one of the biggest failings that small business owners do, that they, because they're constantly peddling, they're constantly going for more, they're constantly striving for bigger, that they miss each and every one of the successes along the way. Um, and again, it's another really subjective term success because what I call successful is gonna be different from every person around this table. Um, 
society will tell us it's the big flash car, it's millions of pounds in the bank account, it's whatever. But actually, everybody's version of success is different. So um, something I tell a lot of my clients is comparison will kill all of the joy in a business. As soon as you compare yourself to anybody else, you're ruined. You, you, the, the, the monkeys start sitting on your shoulder and they start whispering those horrible things that all small business owners hear regularly. And a business coach or an advisor or even just a mentor, somebody you network with regularly, holding you accountable just to check, are you all right? How's things going? Have you done what you said you'd do last month? That's, for me, the most powerful part of what we do. No, really good o- overview. Thank you for that. Um, Mary, just um, just something I, I sort of, it's quite a big topic, but I, I would like to give you a big topic um, and uh, an attempt to answer um, answer it w- w- within the time limit. Um, Nick did touch on earlier in terms of that kind of what, what, what you do yourself um, and what you outsource. And I think that you're incredibly well qualified to talk about that because you train businesses how to do the marketing themselves, but you also do it for them. Um, what's, what's your view in terms of what should be done in-house and what should be outsourced? And I appreciate there's probably not a one size fits all, but I guess what are the considerations when making that, I guess, that thought process? Okay, so I think... Um, it comes down to skills available in the business. A lot of the time, the business has. But when we're talking to businesses about an outsourced approach, we would be thinking about what are the... If you're creating content or you're creating posts for social media or you're updating your website, if it's something that has to happen right now, so if it has to happen right in the next 24 hours because something is is happening and it's that urgent, then um, you probably want to do that yourself. Because the nice one in the world... Not many agencies, unless you're paying them an awful lot of money, are going to be able to respond guaranteed that quickly. So when we, we respond as quickly as we can, but if, if it's that, if you're doing a lot of it where it's real time, you're probably best off doing it yourself. If you are the person behind the business, so um, if, if you are the business and you're a one-man band and your personality is the business... Um, then it's a good idea to do your own videos and probably your own posting yourself. It's going to be difficult to outsource that sort of thing because you're going to lose that personality. I don't know, it's two, two ideas. Yeah, good advice. No, really good advice and, and, and cer- certainly what, what I was looking for. So no, thank you for that. Um, we have come to the end of the episode, um, but I just want to end by by saying thank you so much to, to the three of you for... Yes, yeah, such insights. Certainly, three people that um, that I think we've all the four of us have come together through networking. Um, and, and and yeah, I think there's the common phrase in networking: no like and trust, isn't it? And and certainly, um, certainly me to the three of you, I would um, yes, yeah, certainly certainly use that phrase. So, no, thank you for that. If you are just um, listening in to the Oxford Business Podcast um, of the Oxford Business Community Network, um, I definitely recommend listening back in. Um, so we've had Mary Thomas of Concise Training and Concise Digital, Nick Mason of Wagner Mason Accountants, and Howard Feather of Howard Feather Business Advisors. And um, so thank you again um, to the three of you, and also to Story94 for producing this podcast at their amazing podcast studio in Oxford. Please do subscribe to our podcast, and we look forward to sharing more information with you very, very soon. Thank you so much.